I pay homage to the Buddha. I pay homage to the Dhamma. I pay homage to the Sangha. Hello, and thank you for listening. So this isn't going to be a, a full-blown Dharma talk. I <laughs> don't actually have enough time to do that currently. As a student at, at University of the West, I'm busy with finals right now, so I'm doing way too much writing to <laughs> be able to do like a full-blown 30 to 40 minute talk. But I recognize that it's it's been a while since I've posted anything uh, other than the guided meditations, and even that was a while ago. So I just wanted everyone to know that, that I'm doing well, and so is my wife, Christina. And we've both been too busy to sit down together at the same time and record another COVID Chronicles. But I did think I would, I did, I did want to take some time to just uh, share some thoughts. You know, now that we realize that this social distancing quarantine is going to go on a little longer than, than we thought. And even as things are beginning to open up, they're opening up in very strange ways. And, you know, there's a lot of debate on whether or not things should be opening to the extent that they are and, and so on. But uh, as things stand, we're, we're more likely to continue distancing than not for the next few months. And so it did get me thinking about uh, how we're filling our time. And uh, not that I'm some exemplar or anything, but, but I do think that I have been paying attention more lately to what I do with my free time, given that uh, in a couple weeks I'll have a lot more of it once I'm done with finals. And I'm planning on taking some time and doing a, a full retreat not the way I had intended. Uh, there's a monastery that I, I like to go to for retreats. And one of the things I like about it is that the, the schedule allows for a lot of uh, flexibility in the afternoons. You're able to structure your meditation how you want in the afternoon. And that's what I like about it. But with with things like this, you know, there's... There's no staying anywhere other than your home. And that's not a bad thing, but it did get me thinking about uh, retreating at home and uh, also just what we do with our spare time at home anyway, really. Uh, you know, I, I was reading an article by, uh, a, you know, a Buddhist monk talking about uh, the kind of company that we keep and the kind of entertainment we enjoy and, you know, really expanding on the concept of, of Kalyanamita, you know, noble friends, spiritual friends, and looking at it as, you know, beyond just the, the teachers and friends and family members we associate with, but just all the kind of associations that we, we have in the world, you know, the kind of books that we read, the kind of shows that we watch, you know, the kind of entertainment we consume, social media, the whole thing. And, uh, you know, when I, I do my week-long retreat coming up, uh, I think either the first or second week of June, I plan on structuring my time the way I would if I were at the monastery. The monastery has a schedule with, you know, work time and 
meal time and, and meditation and the whole thing. And so I'm going to follow it as, as strict, you know, as closely as I can accommodating for a few things like having dinner with my wife. But, uh, for the most part, I, I plan on using my time to study the Dhamma and to meditate. And, uh, you know, I feel like that's a good use of, of time. But I'll be doing without a lot of the things that I do enjoy normally. You know, like most people, I have a Netflix subscription and Hulu and Amazon Prime. and It can be really easy to dip into that and, and just binge, you know, as everyone says. And there are some binge-worthy shows right now. And I'm not advocating to anyone, you know, hey... Don't do that. But there's something to be said about taking a break. Taking a break from that stuff and enjoying some silence. And, you know, with that, I mean silence even from, you know, Buddhist Dharma podcasts and silence even from books. Books are great too, but, you know, just sitting around. You know, not even like formal meditation, but just enjoying uh, seclusion, enjoying stillness. I don't know about you, but I remember having more time in my life when I was younger where I could really just enjoy silence. I didn't have to fill it with anything. I didn't have to listen to music. I didn't have to have the TV on in the background. I didn't have to be reading a book. I could just sit outside in the afternoon and find enjoyment in that. Granted, I must have been a pretty strange kid if I thought that that was entertaining, but that is a lot that I'm certain is the Buddhist path. Being entertained in a completely different way. You know, that being said, I don't think I'm asking anyone to just stop watching whatever it is they're watching cold turkey or stop reading whatever they're reading cold turkey. That would be silly, but making a little more time for silence, even if it's not formal meditation. I would say it's a, a supplement to formal meditation. Perhaps the, the book ends to formal meditation. Just a, a good silence, unstructured, just sitting or standing or walking, whatever. But just not consuming I think that would be good. I think one of the reasons I started thinking about this is because lately, uh, when I'm not staring at a computer screen for class time in Zoom or staring at a computer screen to work on an essay or uh, some other kind of assignment, some other written assignment, I'm staring at my phone, which is another screen, and I'm on social media and seeing how people are doing on Facebook and Instagram and 
checking the news on my, you know, news apps. And if I'm not looking at that screen, then I'm looking at my TV and it's Netflix or Amazon Prime, something like that. And, of course, that's not the only thing I'm doing with my time, but I have become uncomfortable with how much of my time it's taking up lately. All these screens, uh, they've become so much of our lives. And sometimes when I'm craving silence the way I clearly am right now, even paper books, hardback, paperback, whatever, but like physical books, even, even that feels like a distraction sometimes. So I definitely think that there are times when retreat, uh, something we actually crave. And I know that the way Buddhism is currently practiced, the way it's currently discussed, saying that you crave something, ooh, it's like a trigger word or a buzzword. But that's been another aspect of the path that's changed for me over time. Recognizing that, you know, we don't do anything cold turkey, that over time uh, we go through a gradual process of changing what we crave and what we cling to. I used to think it was bad to crave or cling to meditation or silence or any other wholesome or skillful or good thought or action But that's the path. I mean, that's what makes it a gradual one, is it's a, a, a slow process of changing what we find to be pleasant and happy. And always moving towards what is more skillful and what the Buddha called more blameless and more lasting, more stable. And the good thing about finding pleasure in silence, pleasure in seclusion, pleasure in meditation is that you don't have to depend on anything else to make it happen. You don't know, you don't have to have an an internet service provider. You don't have to have a subscription to different streaming services. You don't have to have anything other than yourself and some space. So I'm going to look forward to my retreat that I'm going to give myself. And I hope that those of you out there who are listening that have the ability to do that anytime soon, do something like that if you have the time. Even if it's just a day, you know. I'm being ambitious by saying a week, but that's because I'll have it. And it, it's kind of a treat I'm giving myself after a, a whole semester of a, of a lot of work and a lot of crazy conditions. I'm not actually a fan of having classes online, so that's been a whole, a whole other thing. But 
a day. One of the things I've, I've liked about traditional Buddhism, uh, you know, the, the older kind of, of Buddhism, is that that was part of the, the practice that, you know, every week you would take at least one day and, and be very diligent in practice. In Pali, uh, these were called uh, uposatha. Nowadays, um, in certain places, they'll, they'll call it boya. Um, it's still the same idea, you know, that it would, you know, before modern calendars, it would actually follow the lunar cycle. So you'd have four days corresponding to the phases of the moon. Nowadays, at certain temples, it's really only like maybe the, the half moon or the full moon that are observed, but you'll still find some places where, where every phase new moon to full moon, the whole cycle, which corresponds to about one day a week where there's more diligent practice. And I've wondered how to incorporate that into modern living where we don't go by a lunar calendar and the full moon or the new moon or, you know, half moon or whatever else waxing, waning. It, it might just fall on an inconvenient, busy day in the work week, let's say, you know, how do you incorporate it? And so that's actually something I've, I've, uh, incorporated into the system we already have in place in, in the West, where we often have weekends off. A lot of us, or at least we have a day off. For me, it's been really easy to do that with Sundays. And, uh, that's, that's been something I've done for a while and I've been better at it some Sundays than others because, you know, family commitments and things like that come in. But, uh, in an ideal system, I can use Sundays as my uposata days, as my days of retreat, where maybe that's the day I'm not spending my time on social media, on Facebook or Instagram. I'm not checking the news every hour or so to see what the latest update is. And I'm not watching a bunch of horror movies on Netflix or stand-up comedy. I'm actually a big fan of that. Using the time to meditate and to contemplate, to enjoy silence, to enjoy simpler pleasures and uh, find that rewarding, meaningful and uh, entertaining. And if I do decide to read something or listen to something or, or watch something, it's something that's conducive to uh, what the Buddha called dispassion. Something that points the mind in the right direction, you know, in the skillful direction towards disenchantment. So I think we can all find some time to do that. And if not, we can start creating time for that. Even an hour, even half an hour, but even that, five minutes, something, something where we can disengage from all the things that we think are entertaining. 
And it really is okay to find that stuff entertaining. I don't know where I'd be without my stand-up comedy. I've got a bunch of favorites. If anyone ever asks me, I'll tell you who some of them are. So those are two things I've been thinking about. The way to cultivate this gradual path and to rethink what is, let's say, for lack of a better term, valuable entertainment, a good use of my time, let's say. One good use of my entertainment recently was watching a, a documentary on on Fred Rogers, you know, Mr. Rogers. And I really liked his take on ministry and what he viewed as, as good entertainment. And I was pretty surprised by a few things in, in Fred Rogers' life. You know, I was I, I was surprised he was a vegetarian. I, I didn't know that about him. Um, there were plenty of things I did know. Like, I, I knew he was a, a minister and all that. And that his relationship with God, uh, you know, and prayer and all of that was a huge aspect of his life that he managed to not really get into on a show. So that's, that's, I find that pretty admirable to minister without, without ministering. It's something that I, I quite like and, uh, try to do myself in in some way. But one thing I didn't know is that Mr. Rogers actually didn't watch TV very much, hardly at all. I, I mean, I'm sure he watched a, a few movies here and there. I mean, there, I'm sure there's even quotes of him saying as much. But the kind of consumption that a lot of people do, where they spend a couple hours, a few hours every day watching TV, he wasn't that kind of guy. But he recognized that people did watch TV and if they were going to, they should watch something worth the time. You know, Fred Rogers started making his neighborhood show for kids precisely because he didn't like what he saw in children's entertainment, the kind of shows that were out there at the time. You know, very loud and obnoxious and frenetic and rude. I can only imagine what he'd think about <laughs> children's cartoons now. Um, some of them are, aren't even rightful, rightfully for kids. The kids just watch them anyway. Uh, but they're pretty, pretty crazy. Some of them I do enjoy, if I'm being honest. But uh, there needs to be better options. So I've been thinking about that too. You know, in terms of Facebook and, and Instagram, you know, in this time of influencers when everyone's trying to gain followers and trying to sell some kind of product and sell a lifestyle, and that's a whole other thing. I have thought about what it means to share Buddhism, to share the Dharma over social media, what that looks like exactly. So once I'm done with finals, I will have more free time to do something about it, I think. I, I do think that 
Since we have these tools at our disposal and it's currently so hard to meet face-to-face, that I might expand my activities beyond uh, making a podcast. and I might try to share more on, on Instagram, maybe even some stories and stuff of what I think is more wholesome content so that at least when people decide to get on social media and start scrolling and start watching, myself included, we've got more wholesome content, let's say. Stuff that encourages us further into the Buddhist path, further into applying the Eightfold Path in our lives, further establishing in us wholesome mental qualities. So if you do see me online a bit more, posting more, sharing more, maybe even creating like a Zoom weekly meditation or something like that, because I'm trying to create better stuff than the stuff I've been seeing and the stuff I've been consuming. And I suppose that, you know, on a personal level, I'd like to create more and consume less. You know, in that regard, and I might be taking a page out of Fred Rogers' book, but I might also be taking a page out of some other Dharma teachers I've seen online, where these Dharma teachers post regularly, but they don't actually check comments and they're not scrolling through a lot of stuff because, yeah, it it becomes uh, uncomfortable. And that does get to another point that I think is misunderstood there is this view that as you develop on the Buddhist path you become impervious uh, unaffected by everything and so you're more comfortable let's say more um, I think there's this view that you become impartial that You have no preferences that you can withstand anything, endure anything. You know, that you can have such peace radiating in you that you can somehow meditate perfectly in the middle of a rave (laughs) or something like that. One example I've heard that I think is very accurate is that As you develop on the path, you find that that's actually the opposite. Not that you become sensitive, it's just that your priorities change and and what you're willing to focus on and what you're willing to accommodate changes. So you have a, a dirty cloth and a clean cloth. Well, if a dirty cloth is already dirty and you spill a little barbecue sauce on it, well, whatever, right? just one stain amongst others, who cares? But if you have a white cloth and even a drop of that sauce gets on there, it's all you can see. It's all you can focus on. It's just this irritation every time you look at it. And so as we become more suited to silence and more suited to seclusion, and renunciation, 
as that becomes our form of entertainment, our form of pleasure and happiness, our form of nourishment, like some teachers would say, then the other stuff becomes an irritation, something you'd rather do without. And walking away from that stuff is not a sign of lack of progress. It's actually a sign of progress. And I know for a lot of people in certain traditions, that does not sound true. But it is. And I I used to not know this. I, I kept wondering why, as I meditated and practiced the Eightfold Path, there were certain things I wanted to do less and certain people I wanted to be around less. And I thought of myself as becoming more irritable. But in truth, it's not that I was more irritable because it's not like I was yelling at people or or being grumpy. It's just certain aspects of modern life and uh, the standard way of being, the common way of being, became deeply unpleasant. And back when I was trying to have my cake and eat it too, so to speak, I would force myself to try to enjoy the things I used to enjoy and not allow for the fact that my tastes, my palate was changing. My palate for the way I live my life. So I think we need to look at it in that aspect too. As our preferences start changing and we, as we really start to enjoy peace and tranquility, stillness, silence. That it's okay to give up what we used to enjoy. It's okay to give up who we used to be. In fact, that's kind of the point. The path is marked with letting go. Moving away from things as we move towards others moving away from stuff that's less important to what becomes more important to us. So I think I've gone on longer than I intended to, and I'm going to end up editing this down, I'm sure, because there were different noises that none of you guys heard, like my cats acting up. But I did just want to share a few thoughts You know, if I could summarize, I guess, I shared some thoughts on social media and media in general and consumption in general and retreating and retreating from home, since that's what a lot of us are going to have to do, finding ways of doing that, finding time for that at least one day a week if we can, whatever we can, time throughout the day when possible. Daily practice is also important. And that once I'm done with my finals and I've submitted my last paper for the semester, I'll have more time to start creating some stuff online and stop consuming as much, hopefully. So until next time, I wish all of you health and happiness and peace and and maybe some silence to enjoy <laughs>